Hello, and welcome to the River's Edge Church Podcast, Extra Conversations with Pastor Dave Johnson. Today, Pastor Dave will share the Word of God with a fellow guest. We're excited to share another powerful episode with you today. And now, here's Pastor Dave. Okay, welcome to the River's Edge Podcast. I'm Pastor Dave, and we are here with Pastor Ruth. Hey, good to be here. Good to have you here. Um, and we're having an extra conversation. Just, uh, it's not a sermon. Normally, we just throw our sermons up here. But from time to time, I just get stuck in some places in the Bible, and I work them out with staff and work them out with other people. And so, Pastor Ruth is here to help me work through this. So, before we uh, get into really what I want to talk about today, I just want to take a second and read Psalm 23. We all know Psalm 23, right, Ruth? Yes, we do. Yeah, I mean, this is like funerals, a staple. Yeah. At funerals, this is a staple. It, you know, a lot of people had to memorize this growing up. A lot of people did memorize it. And it goes like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I mean, we could probably do an entire podcast breaking down every word of this psalm. But the idea here, the big idea, and I don't want to break it down too much, is that the Lord is the shepherd, right? Is that God is our shepherd. And he's the one who leads us. He's the one who guides us on the right path. He's the one who walks through the darkest valley with us. And we don't have anything to fear because God is with us, right? Yes. And I want to say amen to that because we need that. Yeah. And we, we constantly need that reminder. I think too often times in society, um, we are either tricked, whether it's through forces of evil or our own ignorance or whatever it might be, that we're all alone. And that that's never the case scripturally. God is with us. God is with you. Wherever you're walking through right now in your life, God is with you. And this psalm is a psalm of David. And, you know, it, just for quick context, like David had to run uh, for his life, not once, but twice, once from Saul and then second time from his son Absalom. He had to flee from his own kingdom. So he's a guy who knows about walking through valleys in dark times. And I think um, probably everybody in our church and everybody who listens to this podcast has walked through a dark valley at one point in their life, right? We just had COVID. We have had all sorts of things happen. So but the big idea here, God is a shepherd and he is near us. And we're able to even sit down with our enemies because God is there. Did you have something to say, Ruth? Well, I was just going to say, you know, it's, it, that's a good reminder because we need, to, uh, we need to seek him out for that. Because we tend to forget when we are in the troubled times, mm-hmm. you know, we forget that, wait a minute, we do have a shepherd. Mm-hmm. that is there that leads us he's there he's just waiting for us yeah and I, and I even think like you said we need to seek him out and like I know I totally know what you mean but it's not like God is hidden it's not like we're just like oh man where'd he go yes, we need to go right. find him it's like we need he's to there. like almost just acknowledge that okay Lord you are right here 
right by my side. You're right here. You're you're closer than the air that I breathe. Yes, and yeah. he's in control. Yes, yes. So it's not as if like God is hidden. We can't find him. We're like let's go seek him out. <laughs> it's like no, he's he's always there. So the 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 verse, the chapter really I want to tackle is Ezekiel 34, and um, this is something that I've been thinking a lot about, um, partially as my role of the pastor of this church, but also. Um, I also serve in another role as the assistant district superintendent, and I help oversee the growth of pastors. So like people coming up, they're called into ministry, they become ordained, they start serving at churches, they take on their first church. And I've seen so many now, like I've mentored people who have gotten called to ministry, become pastors, they're senior pastors now. And it's really cool to be a place in my life where I'm, I mean, I'm only 40 years old, but I've already seen like a number of people who I know who were either youth kids or whatever, they're, they're pastors now. And it's, so it's kind of like maybe a podcast to them, but maybe also a podcast to the whole church too, because the new Testament says that all believers are priests in God's kingdom. All believers are shepherds in some form or another. So if you are confessing faith in Jesus, then in some form or another, you're a shepherd of somebody and you're shepherding this faith into somebody else, right? So, so, you know, this is what I wanted to talk about today. So without much further ado, Ezekiel 34 is thick. There's a lot of it. And unfortunately, you know, we, we'd be here for hours if we covered all of it. So we're just going to cover a little bit of it, but I'm going to read much of it. So if, if you've got a Bible, it's helpful to follow along, flip it open on your phone or whatever it is. Uh, go to Ezekiel 34 and we'll just begin reading here. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds and prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to you shepherds of Israel who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourself with wool and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You've not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep wandered over all the mountains on on every high hill. They were scattered over the whole earth and no one searched or looked for them. And I just want to pause right there. There's a paragraph break. It's, an, it's a nice pausing point. But Ezekiel here is clearly upset at the moral leaders of the nation of Israel. That's what he's upset about, yeah. that they've allowed for this scattering. And why does this scattering of people happen? It's because they were self-interested. It's because they only cared about themselves. And they sort of usurped the sheep. They used the sheep for themselves rather than helping the sheep grow, rather than helping the sheep, you know, uh, or taking care of the sheep. For their own selves. It, their own self-interest, exactly. It's like it, you have you took the finest food. You you took the wool. Well, what does a sheep produce? It produces wool. That's right. It produces clothing for you, yes. right? And it's like you took all the best wool. Like you, yeah. Basically, you're a taker. And 
you you looked at your congregation, which was Israel, and you looked at that and said, instead of saying, how can I serve this congregation? How can I grow this congregation? How can I pour myself into it? You looked at it and said, what can I take from it? Yeah. Right? Yes. And we need to be the sort of people who always remember and are reminded that we are to serve the church. And not just be a taker. And not just be a taker. Because that's so easy to do. And, and you look at, like, where are relationships destroyed, right? Like marriages. So many marriages I've seen destroyed because somebody's selfish. Yeah. Right? And then, guess what? I know you're going to be shocked by this, Pastor Ruth, but selfish parents raise selfish kids. Ouch. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it even goes to the parenting. You know, you yeah. have the marriage parenting, and so on and so on. And then you have, what, the legacy. What legacy are you going to leave to? Well, and that's the exact point I wanted to bring up with this podcast, too, is parenting. Because the reality is, is like most people listening to this podcast don't have a church that they're pastoring, right? It's people that are just interested in the Bible, they're attending REC, whatever it might be. But a lot of you are parents. And the, the people that God has given you to shepherd are your kids, Right. And, and no one looks at their kid and is like, oh, man, what can this baby do for me? Right. He's like, no, they're a baby. Like, you got to you got to help that Take baby out. Yeah. But the reality is we, we are called to shepherd them to this point, like to health, shepherd them so they don't scatter one day, you know, shepherd them so that they're loved and that they're taken care of. And, and all that. And then if they do wander away, that we actually like God's complaint is that nobody looked for the lost sheep. You know, yeah. and what did Jesus come in and say, right? Yes. That what does God do? If 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 so, if there's, you know, 100 sheep and one of them goes astray, yeah. what what did Jesus say? Yeah, he leaves the 99 yes, he and he does. goes after the one. Yes. You know, and I think so many times like th- this is I'm going to walk in and out of the parenting metaphor but like to step out of it for a second. Maybe in church you see people leave and they were like a hard case and you're like, okay, whew, they're out. They're out. That was, it's easier now Shoot, or whatever it might yeah. be. Or you've got that problematic person in your life and they're like, well, we don't have to deal with them anymore. Yes. Thank the Lord. And the Lord really is actually saying, why haven't you searched for them? Yes. What about their soul? You know, that's what the Lord is saying. And so we got to be careful with that. There's a ton we could go to here. By the way, I don't think I said this yet, but, um, I, way back in Genesis 49, uh, it's Genesis 49, 24 is the very first time that God is associated with a shepherd as being a shepherd of God's people. So it's actually one of the oldest metaphors in the Bible of God, of, of what God is like, right? Yes. He's like mm-hmm. a shepherd. Mm-hmm. And to an agrarian society, and even still today, if you, if you, Get on a plane right now and fly to Israel. One of the things that's going to be unmistakable, you're going to see all the time, especially when you get out of the cities, and even in some of the cities, you're going to see shepherds. They're they're still there. They are still, you know, walking these little paths and and, and working. They're working. They're working shepherds. It's crazy. They're they're still there doing the work. All right, verse seven. See, I, we could go I on know. all day, yes. all Parenting day. Stuff I could go all day long. Yes. Yeah. 
Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, because my flock lacks a shepherd and so has been, has been plundered and has become food for all the wild animals. And because my shepherds did not search for my flock, but cared for themselves rather than my flock. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I'm against the shepherds and will hold them accountable for my flock. I will remove them from tending the flock so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths and it will be no long it'll no longer be food for them. Wow. Ouch. It's like the shepherds now are personified as like ravenous beings in this passage now. I'll rescue them from their mouths. I want to tell a quick story in this kind of hard, it's a difficult story. Um a number of years ago, I was sitting down with a pastor friend, and he and I were both on staff. We were not senior pastors. Um, we both are now. He's still a ministry great guy today. Um, and we were having coffee, and this pastor was like, man, this other staff pastor was just on him for stuff. And it was like, this guy led one uh, an alternate worship service. It was like a young adult's worship service. And he'd see this pastor back there counting, and then in staff meetings, you know, he was like, well, you know, they, they're they not really growing right now. Or, you know, they were, he was just really like critical, critical and mean. And, and I remember telling my friend, I remember saying to, to him, like, listen, this guy's sin will be exposed. So, you know, you, you have to ask yourself, like, because he was like, what do I do? Do I do something? Because this guy's doing this, this, that. And I was like, I just remember, and this was like a divine moment of wisdom given to me because I'm not that smart. It was like, no, you do nothing. He is digging himself a grave that yeah. he does not see. And if you engage back, you will join with him in digging your own grave. Yeah. So you allow the Lord to have vengeance. You allow the Lord to make just whatever is going on. And I, was, I just remember being so adamant about that. And it was like, no, you don't need to go to that. You just need to let the Lord work on that person. Yeah. And I think it's part of being humble before God as a leader. Because, like, Ruth, you know this. You've been in the church a long time on a staff position. Yes. I've been in the church a long time in yeah. a staff position. There's a tendency to just want to fix stuff because we can. Yes. And right? we want to, again, take that control. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a huge and temptation. Go, God, you know, we don't need you. I know what needs to be done we know what god would do in this situation so i'll just go do it yes exactly yeah. i got my wwjd bracelet on i know what jesus would do i'll just go do I'm it i'm a jesus freak I yeah know. yes yeah so so there's this tendency to just want to act on behalf of god and that's something that i think we need to be really careful to resist right yes yes and I, I don't, I mean, it's daily we have to do that, especially mm -hmm. in ministry. Because when we say, oh, well, I've done this before, mm -hmm. instead of looking, uh, instead of going back to the, what the Word of God says and seeking, I say seeking, but just allowing Him to work and knowing He's there. Yeah, and, and but like still there's other times where we do kind of act on behalf of God, right? Like yeah, we stand we in for marriages. We're, yes. When we marry and bury people, like we're standing there in the place of the Lord. Like that's sort of a, the theology behind yes. what a pastor does. Um, so so there's, there's times where it's like, 
you need to step in and times where you need to step out. But I just remember for this particular moment in this particular life, for whatever it was, whether it was a word of knowledge or, or the Holy Spirit giving me a word or something, I said to my friend, let the Lord sort this one out. Yeah. You sit it out. Like, do not do anything. And I remember him calling me because we met once a week for coffee. And he'd call me midweek. He's like, dude, you, you're not going to believe it. I can't tell anybody. I don't want to tell people yeah. at my church. I, you're the only one I trust with this information. So he's telling me. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And I just kept going. And I remember one time I went and guest spoke for him because he was out of town. He was yeah. doing a missions trip. And this person came up to me and was like the nicest, kindest person. And then I left and I was like, dude, my friend's my friends on crack or something. Because that guy was wonderful. I liked that guy. That yeah. guy was so nice. I don't understand. And then like two weeks later, it came out that the man had been having an affair. Uh. And that he had been roping all these different lies into his uh. job at the church and things like that. And that he'd been using people at the church. And, you know, to the credit of the church... He was immediately fired, and they can, and a lot of times in affair situations, no one thinks about the spouse, but the church made sure that that guy's spouse was taken care of because she was the victim in it. Oh. And it was just like this guy who was supposed to be a shepherd over people just, you know, a lot of times you could tell when shepherds are going awry because there's sin, like there's fallout in their life all over the place. All over. Yeah, and it's kind of like what Ezekiel says. It's like they've got their teeth sunk into their people. Mm. Their people have become mm. their food. Their people have become their whatever. Mm. And, and it's like, no, you, no, that's not the way it's supposed to be. So let, let's keep going. Let's keep okay. going. Okay. All right. So um, much to say there, but we'll, yeah. Well, yeah, actually, let's pause there. Because I'll tell you what. There was a moment in my life and my ministry where I was just so depressed about ministry about the church about everything and to be honest with you is when the catholic sexual abuse stuff came out the one in philadelphia then another one in boston and it was just so prolific and it stretched all the way up you know there's evidence that the vatican was complicit in all of this and it was just like lord why why you know and these verses come to mind it's like about these bad shepherds who just you know and, and god yes. says i'm against these sort of shepherds i'm going to hold these shepherds accountable i'm going to remove them from my flock and from tending the flock and i'm going to rescue my flock out of their mouths i just kept thinking about these poor people who have left the church because of shepherds who just steeped in sin yeah and abuse their yeah their platform yeah that well, god it, has placed them in. Mm-hmm. and it is something that uh we, we all as ministers in christ we have to always be uh, aware of that and it's really as a minister it's the way you fundamentally look at your congregation you know am i here for them or are they here for me Right. Yes. And I obviously prefer to look at it as like God has called me here for them. Yes. You know. Anyways, let's let's keep going because we could talk about. It's just a huge bummer to talk about like yeah. church abuse <laughs> yeah. and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's a huge bummer, but there's real fallout from it. And you know, my family was fallout from that early on. Um, 
when there was a pastor that committed adultery and our family stopped going to church for years. So yeah. it's, it's just, it's devastating to families. Let's look at verse 11. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. I'm going to pause right there. Well, do you remember in our Mark series, we talked about what Jesus was criticized for? Mm-hmm. He was eating with the tax collectors yeah. and sinners. Yes. And then he says, you know, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, but the sick. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And here he's like, look, I myself, I'm going to go search for these people who have been lost, who've been scattered. And then verse 12, he says, as a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel and the ravines and the settlements in the land. I will tend them in good pasture. And in the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. They will lie down in good grazing land and they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend to my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. Mm, so good. Wow. Yeah, it's just so good. And, you, you know, I can't help but think about the people out there who are scattered as a result of the sin of a shepherd. Right? Yeah. We, we probably all know yeah. somebody. Yeah. Who's like, I don't go to church because X, Y, X, Y, Z, or I saw this and it sickened me. So I'm no longer there. Um, lately, um, you know, I feel like we could use the name because it's in popular culture so much around the church. There's multiple documentaries made about it, but it's lately it's been the Hillsong thing. Yes. You know, and it's like, how, how much did we like use our music and all the resources they put out for the church, they're such a huge blessing. And then to find out, like, at the heart of it, there's this sinful cover-up of child abuse mm-hmm. at the very heart of it. It's, it's, mm-hmm. And then... In the leaders. Yeah, and then in another location, a pastor had an affair, there's yes. a cover-up. Like, well, they eventually fired him, but, you know, kind of covered some of that stuff up too. And it just is so disheartening, you know, and you begin to wonder like, Lord, what am I even doing here? Yeah. But we have to remember that like, we're not here for the leaders. And this is where the celebrity pastor is so dangerous. And tools like Facebook and Instagram and all that are great tools to reach the lost, but can yes. also become your worst enemy. Yeah. yeah. But the I like what the scripture says because he's restoring uh, he, there is restoration. There is hope. Yeah. I will shepherd the flock with justice. And I can appreciate that because like you have mentioned, we all have a story yeah. that we've heard, whether we've experienced it in our own lives or we know people that have experienced it. And I do see that the hope that I see is with, when I do see somebody that has experienced a situation like that, when they come back mm-hmm. and they've heard the word of God yeah, and it, and it dwells with them and they come back to you and say, Hey, you know, even though this happened in the past, 
Yeah, it's like we're we're all here for Jesus. All of our leaders, you know, Ruth, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure that everybody on our church staff and on our board is probably like has sin in their life, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'm I'm sure I do. I mm-hmm. I try and confess that wherever I find it, but like we're all flawed people. We're all messed up people. And you in one extent it's like you I think what he's saying here is like you can't place all your hope in these people. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's like these people are people that God placed over others to have some spiritual authority and to train, equip, teach, all of these different things. And I don't know, it just it dis it disheartens me, not only as a pastor, but as an official of a district, like over helping to oversee about sixty-eight churches. In a movement, it just hurts when you see yes. this. And then when one goes away, but knowing that when that one goes away that has fallen because we're all imperfect, right? Mm-hmm. That uh, knowing, again, there's that hope that if we pray for them and then as someone touches at someone, they hear the word somewhere mm-hmm. and they're able to come back. Yeah, The lost sheep coming back they're hearing God's voice coming back and I do get to see that that is what's so exciting too about ministry when you do get to experience that yeah that's true because you don't feel so hopeless yeah you see the redemption in it the redemption yes like Evan Hill song you know the songs that we sing in church that was written by those not those per se that have fallen but comes from that church they're anointed. So. Oh yeah, they're great. It's great stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, let, you know, you you keep saying like, hear the voice of the Lord. Like, our people just seem to like, and that's what we need to do. We need to train people to hear the voice of the Lord, to seek after the voice of the Lord. How do we hear the Lord and do what the Lord says? Like, that is our number one job as a church. Because look what happens in verse seventeen. As for you, my flock, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Now, just gonna pause that. This is the marks of first spot in all of Ezekiel 34 where God's voice shifts from addressing the shepherds now to the flock. And God addresses the flock directly. Mm-hmm. So it's like we need to learn to hear God's voice because mm-hmm. he wants to address the flock directly. You no longer need a priest to intercede for you because that's what priests did in the Old Testament. They interceded on behalf of God. Mm-hmm. Except for like here we are now way deep in the Old Testament, and God speaks directly to people. Mm. Like, God's doing something here, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I will judge between one sheep and another, and between rams and goats. It is not, is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture? Must you also trample the rest of your pasture with your feet? Is it not enough for you to drink clear water? Must you also muddy the rest with your feet? Must my flock feed on what you've trampled and drink on what you've muddied with your feet? Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says to them. See, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you shove with flank and shoulder, butting all the weak sheep with your horns until you have driven them away. I will save my flock, and they will will no longer be plundered. I will judge between one sheep and another. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them and will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. Mm. Let's pause that right there. So first of all, 
Now he's going to the sheep. So we've been talking about shepherds, but now he's going to the sheep. And the sheep are uh, the people who are being shepherded. That's pretty, pretty self-explanatory, I think. And he's saying, like, there's some of you who have... And he's talking about sheep here. He's not... This isn't like... God's not fat shaming people, okay? So he's like, <laughs> there's some of you sheep who have gotten really fat on the choice lands. Well, what did they do to get fat on the choice lands? They had to bump out the other sheep, the lean sheep, mm. the thin sheep. The okay. thin sheep couldn't... They're not as strong. And so it's sort of this ethic here of like, if you're stronger... Don't use that for yourself. Mm-hmm. Use that for the weaker. Right? Mm-hmm. Paul will talk about this in the New Testament, mm-hmm. about the stronger and the weaker brother. Mm-hmm. All over, like This is the reason why Ezekiel 34 is blowing my mind right now, because it's like, as you read Ezekiel 34, you're like, whoa, this is all over the Bible, you know? Yeah. And, and so, like, as sheep, as people who are following Jesus, we need to look at and ask the question like are we harming any other people you know are we hurting somebody else can can we bring someone else alongside us and disciple them and grow them and say oh look what i'm eating out of you need to eat out of this too this is good stuff mm-hmm. you know and then i will place over them one shepherd one shepherd my servant david and he will tend them so this is goes back to the davidic promise of a messiah you know, and it's just so great to see all that. And then I, again, I, the Lord, will be their God. And I'm sure David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then he says, I will make a covenant of peace with them and rid the land of savage beasts so that they may live in the wilderness and sleep in the forest in safety. It sort of sounds like Psalm 23, right? Lie down mm-hmm. in, the, mm-hmm. in the forest and be safe and all that stuff. I will make them and the places surrounding my hill a blessing. I will send down showers in season. There will be showers of blessing. The trees will yield their fruit and the ground will yield its crops. The people will be secure in the land. They will know that I am the Lord when I break the bars of their yoke and rescue them from the hands of those who enslaved them. Now, all through this chapter, by the way, one of the things that Ezekiel keeps talking about is the exile. That's the giant looming thing that's happened. It starts in Ezekiel chapter 1. You see Ezekiel kind of by this drainage canal. And he's lamenting the fact that he's like 30 years old. He should be a priest. But, you know, happy birthday. Everybody gets exiled. And now now Ezekiel's got to be like this guy in exile, this priest for his people in exile. So a lot of this in here has to do with exile language. I just have not been pointing it out as we went because... That could take us much, much longer. (laughs) But that's an example of that. They will no longer be plundered by the nations, exile language again, nor will the wild animals devour them. They will live in safety. No one will make them afraid. I will provide for them a land renowned for its crops, and they will no longer be victims of famine in the land or beat the scorn land or bear the scorn of the nations. Then they will know that I am the Lord their God. Am with them, and that they, the Israelites, are my people, declares the Sovereign Lord. You are my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares mm. the Sovereign Lord. Mm. Just so good, right? It's so good. It talks about this restorative time in God's great kingdom where God will basically have his servant, David, 
rule over his people in a good and benevolent way. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, you you look at the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, son of David. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's great. You look in the book of Mark. Son of David, have mercy on me. It's it's all over the place that Jesus is called the son of David, that Jesus is this guy. Um, there was a prevailing old te- thought in the first century that Jesus would obviously be a military messiah. Hmm. And, you know, some people have taken this passage and, and like, look, you know, the messiah is going to come and get rid of all these other nations. It's got to be a military messiah. But I don't know if... This passage doesn't say that. It doesn't say that he's going to beat them down or win win in battle or anything like that. It, it literally just talks about how this new king, this new coming king, will love these sheep well and gather them together and go search for the lost ones and bring them back to live in safety. It says nothing about a military battle. In fact, it's very, it's gentle. It is gentle. And uh, in verse 27, and rescue them from the hands of those who enslaved them. Yes. The word rescue. And before that, showers in season. Mm. Yeah. So there will be times. Mm-hmm. And I can appreciate those words because I just, this whole, the whole theme, the hope that I have mentioned before. It's, yeah. It's grace. Absolutely. Well, there's one other passage that, well, there's actually a number of passages that come to mind with Ezekiel 34, but the the next passage that comes to mind um, is obviously Jesus when he says, I am the good shepherd in Mark chapter 10. Now, I want to clue us into something that we're probably not used to thinking about in Mark chapter 10. In Mark chapter 10, verse 22 it says, then came the festival of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter. Now, we have to understand that John and Jesus and everyone else is reading something a little bit different than what we know as the Hebrew Bible. Mm -hmm. They're reading the Hebrew Bible, but they also have like the book of Maccabees at their disposal. They also have you know, the books of Enoch, the, the books of uh, Solomon's Wisdom, and, you know, all these different books at their disposal that they're reading. One of them is a historical book, the first and second Maccabees, mm-hmm. and it's all about when this uh, when the Greeks kind of, after Alexander the Great died, the Greek kingdom split up into four kingdoms. Um, one of those kingdoms came and ruled over the temple. They sacrificed a pig on the altar. The Maccabees revolt. They only had enough oil for one day, but God miraculously made it last to eight days. And because the Maccabees um, drove out the Greeks and the abomination of the temple, they had something called the Feast of Dedication. That's what is happening in John chapter 10. Oh, okay. It's Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. That's what the Feast of Dedication is. It's, mm-hmm. it's modern day Hanukkah. And the Feast of Dedication celebrates that there were good shepherds in Israel who pushed out the bad shepherds of Israel. Because, of course, for the temple system to be manipulated the way it was and to allow the Greeks into it, there had to be a high priest system that was complicit with their manipulation. Mm. So, the religious 
establishment let go of their scruples, their morals. They let go of their law. They let go of their Bible. And they said, okay, we now want political power. And they aligned with the Greeks and they were the bad shepherds of Israel now, mm. right? Yeah. Leading people yeah. astray because they could get, you know, the common things that people want in society, money, sex, power. Mm-hmm. They could get these things. So it's no shock to me that on the day of the Feast of Dedication, where they're literally celebrating that good shepherds came, the Maccabeans, the Maccabee family, mm-hmm. came and drove out the wicked ones. Mm-hmm. It's no shock to me that Jesus tells them, like, listen, my sheep know my voice. My sheep follow me. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Mm-hmm. It's no shock to me at all that he references Ezekiel 34, that he references Psalm 23, and that he references this whole historical moment, which, by the way, would have only been like 240, 260 years before this moment right here. So it's not that long before when they had the Maccabean revolt that Jesus says this. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep for my sheep know me just as the father knows me. And I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep. And he's talking about the Gentiles here and and all this. But Jesus's point is that he is the good shepherd in the line of David Mm -hmm. that comes to rescue the lost sheep. Mm. And because he's there and we're all drawn to him, it's sort of like, You ever been in the presence of something so good that you realize, oh, this is bad? Like, (laughs) yeah. Oh, like you didn't know it was bad until you saw the the good side. And you're like, oh, this is, you thought this was good, but it turns out it's bad. Yeah. I I, I wonder, you know, if there was that reaction to the Pharisees. Because, of course, a lot of what Jesus says in Ezekiel 34, you find in the woe passages of the Pharisees where Jesus says, woe to you for who lay a heavy burden and you, you travel all these miles to make one disciple, but really you make another son of hell. Like, like you know, yeah. and Jesus is just hammering on these bad sheep of Israel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You almost wonder when you look at those shepherds of Israel, if it's like, man, we thought those were the good guys. We thought those guys were good, but then Jesus came and he's so good that now these guys who we thought were amazing now look bad to us. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. So anyways, Ruth, that's what's been on my mind. Wow. Well, that was that was a really... Well, actually, before we wrap it... Okay. I always have more thoughts, okay. right? All right. Before we wrap it, I, I guess we should probably wrap it with some questions, right? Okay. Like, what does it look like for those of us who are listening to this to, there, there's kind of two different characters in Ezekiel 34. There's the shepherds and then there's the sheep, you know, and there, there's bad sheep. Like God says it, like there's, there's some sheep that are edging out the, the, uh, the weak sheep. They're pushing them away. Mm-hmm. What does it look like for us to listen to the voice of the shepherd, right? What does it look like? Where do you need to listen to the voice of the shepherd in your life? That's a key question. Do you hear the voice of the shepherd in your life? Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. And the kind of like fact behind that, that literally everyone would have gotten 
but we don't get today because do you raise sheep? I don't raise sheep. No, I don't. No, I don't raise sheep either. <laughs> oh, we're such terrible yeah. Christians, Ruth. I know, I know. <laughs> we don't raise sheep. Um, that when sheep, during the lambing season, when they're born, they learn the voice of their shepherd within like the first couple of days. Mm-hmm. And they will always be obedient to that voice. Even years and years and years later, it's like a dog, right? Yeah. It's like my dog listens to my wife and my oldest daughter does not care a word about what I say, (laughs) doesn't care about what the other two kids say. My dog listens to those two and those two only. (laughs) Yes. You know? And it's like, Jesus is saying, my sheep know my voice. Ezekiel 34 says, my sheep know my voice. Psalm 22 says that like, hey, my sheep are so comfortable around me that they'll just lay down and be with me. Like, are you taking time to get to know the shepherd? To hear the voice of the shepherd. Are we responding to the voice yeah. of the, the shepherd? Yeah. As we listen. And, and not just like my voice or anybody who's preaching's voice. Like our job is to kind of expound on the text and to, I, I kind of think to like increase your imagination and your desire to mm-hmm. dig deeper into the word yourself. Mm-hmm. Like if you're like, oh, I go to church every week and I hear a word from Pastor Dave, like, Oh, no, like, that's <laughs> terrible. You need to hear a word from the Lord, not from me, you know. As they dive in. As they dive in. the word of God. Yeah, and, and even during the sermon, it's like, God, what are you trying to say to me, yeah. you know? Absolutely. I keep going back to this guy, too, who, the story I told you about this one pastor who was sinful and it just got exposed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just as a word of warning to you, if you're listening to this and you're a pastor or you've got authority over people, or whatever, and you are living a duplicitous life, God has a way of exposing it. You cannot thwart God. God won't be mocked. He will expose it in your life. He does. Our sin will find us out. Whether it's right now or after you die, we're going to find it out. You know, look at Ravi Zacharias. Mm. Everyone thought he's like the world's greatest evangelist. Then after he dies, Mm. all these stories come out about him. And you're like, Ravi too? Yeah. You know, that that shocked me because when he died, I felt like, oh my gosh, the church, the kingdom lost another just saint, what a wonderful man. And then you're finding out all these stories and you're like, Lord, why? Yeah. Why? Why this guy too? Yeah. That's where the grieving comes in. Well, yeah. And we know that the and sin will. The reminder that like, no matter how good these people might be at tickling our ears or even doing I mean, Ravi didn't just tickle people's ears. He was a world-class evangelist yeah, and, and apologist. Mm-hmm. No matter how good they are at doing that, they're not Jesus. Mm-hmm. No matter how much you might like me, thank you for liking me, church. You're mm-hmm. so wonderful and nice. I'm not Jesus, mm-hmm. and I never will be. Yeah. I'm going to let you down at one point. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to like call you back or text you back or something because I forget. Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you down somehow. <laughs> yeah, I'm not Jesus. Um... Yeah, I've kind of lost out the last point I wanted to use to wrap it up now. I've forgotten. Well, too, us, we need to take action. Yeah. I mean, bottom line is mm-hmm. when we hear the voice of God, whether it's hearing it from you on Sunday mornings or diving into our word during the week, yep. having that daily devotional. Mm-hmm. So God can speak to us through his word. What are we going to do next? Yeah. And then you, we spoke about, too, uh, the the fat sheep. Edging out the thin sheep. And, well, 
instead of being a fat sheep, so to speak. Yeah, make room. Make room for those sheep that don't have that much wool or much meat on their bodies because yeah they, they need a little extra grass to yes, eat you know they do don't they do to help and, them and what, he, what he's saying even in there I, I love the imagery of it. he's like you trample the land and make it muddy well well sheep one if you're a muddy sheep then you're weighed way down mm-hmm. because that wool just absorbs that mud your way and it's a burden for you to walk around and two there's nothing to eat so you're you're fatigued easier and all mm-hmm. that so there's a lot of good stuff in here. I guess my my hope for even making this recording and even making this podcast is that you look at the word and you judge for yourself and you look at this and say, I want to be a good sheep who goes after the good shepherd. And if you're in a shepherding position that you want to be a good shepherd that goes after that there's sits under the authority of the good shepherd, mm, yes. not under your own authority. Yes. Because that only leads to disaster. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for listening. This is a I good think, podcast. I think we covered it. <laughs> I think so. Every now and then, feel free to send us questions if you ever want us to do a podcast on something. But every now and then, I'll probably just call Pastor Ruth or Pastor Bethany or Pastor Evan in my office and say, let's <laughs> just talk about the Bible for a little bit because uh, I desire that. So Always good stuff. Yep. All right. Have a good day, everybody. We'll see you Sundays at 10 a.m. Thank you for listening to the River's Edge Church podcast with Pastor Dave Johnson. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that God has touched your heart through today's message from Pastor Dave. Please leave us a review and share with your friends. For more information about the ministries of RAC, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. See the links in the description.